Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pull from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is a daily download. Today, I'll cover a report from CoreLogic that claims U.S. homeowners gained over $620 billion in home equity during the second quarter of 2020. I'll also discuss a proposal from the Federal Reserve to revamp the anti-redlining rules known as the Community Reinvestment Act, or CRA, and an announcement from the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency that it has settled with three former Wells Fargo executives for their roles in the bank's fake account scandal. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and let's get started with an article written by Alex Roja that covers a report from CoreLogic that claims U.S. homeowners gained over $620 billion in home equity during the second quarter of 2020. According to the company, American homeowners with mortgages witnessed a 6.6% year-over-year increase in their equity in the second quarter of 2020, representing a cumulative gain of $620 billion for the nation and an average $9,800 hike in equity per homeowner. CoreLogic says record low mortgage rates and constricted sale inventory cast the perfect storm for home prices, which rose 4.3% annually through June, ultimately bolstering the increase in home equity. In a statement, Frank Martell, president and CEO of CoreLogic, said homeowners' balance sheets continue to be bolstered by home price appreciation, which in turn mitigated foreclosure pressures. However, despite recent gains, the data service provider predicts upward advancements may be mitigated by consistent unemployment and home prices will dip in concurrence with a possible jump in delinquencies. In fact, on September 9th, Frank Nothaft, CoreLogic's chief economist, reported the share of loans with payments 90 days to 119 days late quadrupled between May and June, rising to 2.3%, marking the highest level in more than 21 years. According to note that CoreLogic's latest forecast suggests that national home price growth will slow to a 0.6% in July 2021, with prices declining in 11 states, thus meaning home equity gains will be negligible next year, with equity loss expected in several markets. Our next story comes from Kathleen Howley and discusses a proposal from the Federal Reserve to revamp the anti-redlining rules known as the Community Reinvestment Act, or CRA. According to Howley, the Feds approved a revamp of the CRA in a live stream meeting on Monday morning and gave 120 days for community and industry feedback. Howley says the move comes four months after Joseph Odding, head of the Office of Comptroller of the Currency, stepped down a day after releasing 
releasing his controversial reforms of CRA. In June, several housing groups sued the OCC for, quote, unlawfully eviscerating the vital anti-redlining rules. Howley says usually federal regulators would speak in unison on proposals to revamp rules such as the CRA, but the Fed and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation declined to sign on to Audien's proposal. In a speech to the Urban Institute following the announcement of the proposal, Lael Brainerd, a member of the Fed's Board of Governors, said the Federal Reserve Board unanimously approved an advance notice of proposed rulemaking that would strengthen, clarify, and tailor the CRA regulation to better meet the law's core purpose. According to her, research and surveys indicate that there are ongoing racial disparities in access to credit. In fact, she said that in 2019, small businesses with Black ownership were only half as likely as those with white ownership to have obtained bank financing in the previous five years. Furthermore, Brainerd said that the gap in home ownership rates between Black and white households remains significant today, even when controlling for differences in income and education. According to her, the new proposal will, quote, modernize the CRA in a way that significantly expands financial inclusion. Our last story comes from Howley as well and covers an announcement from the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency that indicates it has settled with three former Wells Fargo executives for their roles in the bank's fake account scandal. According to Howley, the OCC said on Monday the settlements include a $925,000 penalty to former Community Bank Group finance officer Matthew Roffelson, a $400,000 fine to the former head of Community Bank Deposit Products group Kenneth Zimmerman and a $350,000 penalty to the former head of Community Bank Human Resources, Tracy Kidd. In a statement, the OCC said as part of the settlement, each individual agreed to cooperate with the OCC in any investigation, litigation, or administrative proceeding related to sales practices misconduct at the bank. In addition to the fines, Roffelson agreed to a so-called prohibition order that bans him from working and baking again and the other two executives agree to a personal cease and desist order that prohibits certain behaviors. Notably, these aren't the first settlements at Wells Fargo. It's important to note the bank has weathered a series of scandals that began with the 2016 revelation that while John Stump was CEO, branch employees opened millions of fake accounts to hit sales goals. In January of 2020, the OCC announced it settled with Stump, who agreed to a $17.5 million fine and a lifetime prohibition from working in the banking industry. During that month, Hope Hardison, the Wells Fargo former chief administrative officer and director of human resources, agreed to a cease and desist as well as a $2.25 million fine, and Michael Laughlin, the former chief risk officer for Wells Fargo, also got a cease and desist order from the OCC and a $1.25 million fine. That's a wrap for today's episode of The Daily Download. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and join us again tomorrow.